Today's title is The Power to Heal. The Power to Heal. How many of you need healing in your body? Many people. Many people. So, you know, do you know what hope is? Hope in the Lord? It's a confident expectation of God's promise, provision, and character. My hope is in the Lord today that when you leave here, you're healed. That's my hope. I'm not wishing it. It's not a wish. Hope is not a wish. It's a confident expectation that God's going to do it. Amen. I believe for that today, confidently, that God is going to heal you today. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Amen. You need healing. <laughs> so we're going to read today. We're going to start into Acts chapter 3 today. And we're going to read verses 1 through 10. If you'll stand with me for the reading of the word, please. It's titled, The Lame Man Healed. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle and bones Receive strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And Father, as we come before you today... Lord, we desire to be filled with wonder and amazement by what happens here today, God. That, Lord, that you would move in your power and might. And, Lord, that every person here that needs healing, Lord, it would just start right now. That pain would leave bodies, Father God. Lungs would be opened up, Father God. Blood pressure just go down. Blood sugars even out, God. Hallelujah. Bones be healed in the name of Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit and the power of God move in this house right now to touch every person, Father. We thank you for this time, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. How many of you like to pray? How many of you, how many of you have a set time that you pray? All day? <laughs> Amen, Robert, you better. <laughs> you know, the book of Acts refers to three times to pray a day. It refers to the third hour, which is 9 a.m. It refers to the sixth hour, which is 12 p.m. And it refers to the ninth hour, like in this passage right now, as 3 p.m. Prayer is something that we're to build upon, amen? We're to do it more and more and more to where, as Robert said, it becomes an all-day thing. See, the, the rabbins, rabbis, believe that you should pray in the morning, you should pray in the midday, and you should pray in the evening before you go to bed. You, you know, there should be at least three times of prayer. The Muslims pray five times. We've got to get better, amen? We've got to do more focused prayer, you know, so that God is doing you know, responding, that he's dispatching his angels to our prayers. How many of you think God will send angels to respond to your prayers? Yes. Amen? He will. But we just can't lack in prayer. We've got to stand up. Amen? We sold those uh, book of prayer declarations earlier this year, and we're all out of them. So if you want some more, listen, you can go on Amazon and get it and buy it, or you can just Tell me you want me to buy it for you, and then we'll, we'll get them in-house 
But Delonda has the, uh, the book of prayer declarations, and she's been going through it a lot because they're, they're wonderful prayers that declare things that we need to declare, that we can stand in the gap for. But she puts little pieces of paper in these prayers, and she writes people's names on them so that when she says that prayer, she's declaring it for those people so that uh, she's praying for you when she's doing that. And, and I just you know, want to encourage you to start making a way that you can make mention of people in your prayers, amen? That you can make mention to the Lord and declare God to move on their behalf, amen? You know, people need us to stand in the gap. The book of Joel tells us to weep between the porch and the altar, you know, to shed tears for people, amen? That we need to cry out to God for people's lives. And so I want to encourage you in prayer. You know, we can get where God, we can't get where God wants us to be without prayer. We have to have more prayer. You know, I know you know we do Friday nights. We're starting Sunday mornings earlier to, to just come and pray. We need more prayer, amen? We need you, I need you to start doing prayer meetings in your home and inviting people over to come and pray. We sang that song today, one of them, I don't even know where it was, I can't remember what it said, but it talked about, you know, there's power when a lot of people come and pray. There's something about when people come together and they intercede and they bleed. So I want you to come to me and say, I'm going to have a prayer meeting in my home and, and do it on an opposite night of Friday. I got Friday covered. You do it on a different night and let's cover every night of the week with prayer. Amen. You know, and you say, well, it's just me and my wife. Well, we're two or more gathered together in his name. There he shall be. Amen. So you don't need everybody, but if you can start inviting people and they start coming, then God's going to just really start moving in your life and in our lives. Because when we pray, I mean, there's, there's so much to pray about today. Your kids, your grandkids, amen, your children, your family, what's happening in the world, what's happening in America. I saw this the other day. When prayer becomes your habit, miracles become your lifestyle. Never give up on prayer no matter what comes your way. And we do need miracles to be our lifestyle, amen? You know, when you see Peter going out and, it, you know, right there coming to the temple, raising up some guy that's been there all his life. Every day, parents set him down there. Our friends set him there to beg for alms. But I want to encourage you today, don't let life interfere with your prayer life. Because... We're all going to go through good times. We're all going to go through bad times, rough times. We're all going to have challenges. Don't let the challenges overtake prayer. Let prayer overtake your challenges. Amen? Let prayer push you through, break you through. When you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit. Remember, praying in the Spirit, you're going to produce more life than death. Amen? Pray in the Spirit. You don't know what to say? Just pray in tongues. As Maggie said earlier when we before service, just pray in the Spirit. you got to learn to pray in tongues. Just let it flow. And even if you don't know what, what I'm going to pray, but I know somebody needs prayer right now, and I'm just feeling it in my heart, but I don't know what's going on, so I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Peter and John, they were going to prayer. At a gate, and there's a beggar who's laid there by his friends and family to beg for his needs to be met. He'd been lame all his life. He's there. He's just sitting at the gate. The thought came to me this week, how many times Jesus walked past that guy? Jesus walked past him and didn't heal him. And I believe that the reason why he didn't heal him was for this day that God was setting up a divine appointment for Peter and John to do a supernatural miracle that day that would be seen by all the people that were in the temple. And we know it, it, uh, it wasn't exactly good. We'll get into that in the next few weeks for Peter and John because whenever you step up and do something great, it doesn't mean anything. Everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to appreciate that. You know, when you get the, the, the man out of the wheelchair... <laughs> the family gets upset because they're no longer going to get that check. See, that guy had been at that gate all his life. 
The only thing he knew how to do was beg. They didn't put him in a wheelchair. I don't know that they had wheelchairs. They didn't put him up, take him to, to a, a school where he could sit and work with his hands. No, they sat him at the gate. The man only knew how to beg. And I think a lot of people, especially in America with our welfare system, miss out on the miracles because they're happy being the beggar. But a divine appointment was set for Peter that day. The day was designed from that man's birth for this day of miracle. And Jesus is about to do something through Peter, something so supernatural that everybody is in awe. Everybody wonders what in the world is going on. Everybody's heart was like, wow. But in his begging, this man comes into contact with the supernatural. And Peter says, look at us. Look at us. We need to learn to speak out like Peter did. We need to gain that boldness that Peter had. Look at us. Look at me, Scott. Look at me. Look at me, Andy, today. Today's your day. Look. See, that's what Peter did. He said, look. And we need to speak out like that. We need to become so bold, you know, because we... It's somewhere in my notes, but I'm too excited about this. But when we go, when we go out and we see the beggar, because they're everywhere, and then we, we we act like they're not there. You just you just like ah nice, and we just keep going. We because why? We don't want to give them money. We don't want to give them money. You know, and and we. Just tell them, well, I don't have any money. You know, we, half the time we, we act like we don't even hear them. Like we're in our own little world. We're not paying attention. I, thought, I was thinking about this yesterday when the people were wanting me to sign petitions and buying Girl Scout cookies. I'm like, <laughs> I thought it's okay, Lord. They, I, I was justified. I don't want to buy no cookies. But we pass by the beggar. Instead of giving them what we have, we ignore them. But Peter says, look at me. I don't have any money. But what I have, I'm going to give you. What do you have? What's in your pocket? What's in your wallet, huh? (laughs) Going to use me on a Capital One commercial. What's in your wallet? What's in your life to give away? What do you have to give to somebody that's out there on the streets that's begging? That maybe, I mean, I've seen some torn up people out of the street. We had a guy come in here a few weeks ago, man, and he just had to show me, you know, this wound he had and the stitches. And I'm like, dude, I really don't want to see that. So you, you go out there and, and you see people everywhere begging for money. And But what we do is we ignore them, Lewis. But I'm challenging you today, stop ignoring them. I'm not saying give them money. I don't like to give money. The only people I feel obligated to give money to is you. I know you. You sow seed into this house every week, week in, week out. And, and you get in trouble and you come to me and say, Pastor, I'm in trouble. We need help. Well, praise God. If we can help you, we will. But I don't feel obligated to the beggar. That's not a part of our house that doesn't serve God, that doesn't come to the Lord, that probably knows more scriptures than you do, probably got them memorized so they can tell them, well, I know this scripture. But we turn away from them. But we got up in the morning and we said, God, just give me a divine appointment today. God, give me an appointment where I can touch somebody, that I can lead them to Jesus. And the beggar says, hey, you got any money? No, I don't have any money, man, but let me tell you what I do have. Just start getting bold. Start getting bold, man. Just stretch your heart for their soul and reach out and touch them and say, I know Jesus. And then when they say, well, I know Jesus too. I said, but Jesus does not leave his people begging for bread. So obviously there's a disconnect somewhere. Why don't we pray together to get you connected with God again and let's go forward. 
right? That's what it says. He will not leave his people begging for bread. So if they're out there on the corner, they're out there on the streets begging for bread, somewhere there's been a disconnect from God that we need to help them to find back. It's not that we're the supplier. Jehovah Jireh is their provider, amen? amen? God is their provider. And so when they connect with God, God will provide. He'll bring the provision that they have need of. And we've just got to encourage them in it and take them to that point where they connect with God. You go out and God put that beggar there for your divine appointment. For your day of history. Even if you only did it once. Look at if we all did it once. Man, that'd be a lot of people next week. You go to the post office. You go to the grocery store. You go to gas station. I don't care where you go. There's beggars. And where you go, there's hurting people. Everywhere you go, there's people that are hurting. That you have the answer for. When that employee comes and tells you their sob story, say, let's go outside for a minute. We're taking a break. I know that, you know, that church and state kind of thing. Just take them outside. And say, hey, I know Jesus, man, and I know what he's done for me. And the same Jesus that's in me, he wants to be in you. And he wants to resurrect your life today. And you lead them to him. It's not that difficult. It just takes a little bit of boldness. If we step up, step out, it'll be, just, it'll be over in five minutes. Okay? It'll be over in just a few minutes. You don't have to, you know, be all tore up and stuff. No, it's just that simple. Just... Hey, hey, man, I met Jesus, and since I met Jesus, my life has been changed. It's been transformed, and I would like to introduce you to him. And he says, oh, when I know him. Yeah, but he doesn't leave his people begging for bread, so come on. I mean, we got to, you get the word in you, and that's why you got to memorize the word, because when you start saying, saying you serve the Lord with all your heart, he's going to bless your bread and your water, and there'll be no sickness in you. That's what the word declares. So you got that scripture memorized. And so now you're sharing it with people. You're telling people, hey, this is what it is. This is what it's all about. And your heart just bubbles over. And you're like, oh my gosh. And you're so excited. But being quiet and ignoring the cry does not further the gospel. Does not build the kingdom of God. I don't care if they come to our church, but get them to some church. Get them involved in a Bible-believing church, amen? You know, as you see with Peter here, he didn't have any money to give. You don't have to give money, even if you got it. Or maybe you pray with them and everything, and, and they turn their life, and, and then you give them a few bucks. But what we need to do is realize mostly what we have inside of us. What's inside you? Can you give it away? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. So you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you now have power. The power to do miracles, amen? It's in you. And we have that power inside of us to touch people for the King of Jesus. Just as Peter went out and he said, Look at me. And he got full attention. Thomas Aquinas was a, a friar way back when, 1200s or something like that. And he was surnamed the Angelical Doctor. And he was highly esteemed by Pope, pope Innocent IV. Now going one day into the Pope's chambers, they were reckoning the money. They were counting all the money. Large sums of money. And the Pope, addressing himself to Aquinas, said, You see, that church is no longer in an age in which she can say, Silver and gold have I none. And then the angelical doctor said, Nor can she say now to the lame man, Rise up and walk. This was a faithful testimony but it must have cut real deep at that moment. 
Are we going to be the church that has the money or are we going to be the church that says rise up and walk? Are we going to be those that are filled with the power of God that doesn't worry about the money but says what I have I'm going to give to you? What's inside of me I'm going to impart to you right now. I'm going to walk in the power of God and God is going to touch you right now. I mean, is there many people doing that today? Is there many people that are stepping up to say, hey, power of God's inside of me. Come on, we're going to get you taken care of. See, this is what God is calling us to, that you utilize the power that's in you. You didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit just to speak in tongues. I love speaking in tongues, but that's just the beginning. That's just the, the initial. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues, and now God wants you to move in his power. God wants you to step up because the power is the power to do miracles, and God wants you to do it. We had this man this last Wednesday. I emailed it to everybody. I had an email address for you, the YouTube link. And I encourage you to go and watch it. This man from any, a little hard to understand, but if you just press in, you'll get it. Man, I just focused on his words, what he was saying Wednesday night. But his message was that we have to stop being quiet. We have to stop being quiet and stop waiting around. We need to start speaking up about the kingdom of God. And then, listen, when you watch the video, you'll see the last five minutes, the sound goes, the sound just goes away. I, I called Dwayne. I said, Dwayne, did you touch the board in the last five minutes? He's like, no. I asked Ed. I said, Ed, did you do something with the sound in the last five minutes? No. It's just like the devil didn't want to hear us, that God wants to do miracles in this house that have never been seen before. That's what he prophesied to us. And he said, miracles like when Moses came to the Red Sea and it parted. See, unusual things that God wants to start doing, those kind of things in the house. Like when Saul had that supernatural encounter with the Lord. God wants to do these things. But remember what Jesus told us. He said, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I can't slow down, Ron. This stuff gets me amped up, if you can't tell. But Peter, he starts talking and once. Once Peter started talking to this guy, his faith kicks in. You don't always know what's going to happen until you start. You know, God may just give you a couple of words. He may just give you a few words to, to say to this people. He, Peter says, look at me. Look at me. That was the start. And then it's like, once you open your mouth, God will fill it. But it's not always clear what you're going to say until you start talking. And then you're like, Wow. That just came out of my mouth. Oh my gosh. And you start talking and it just starts flowing. And Peter says, what I have, I'll give you. And then the act of faith comes in. The act of faith comes in. He reaches out his hand to the man to pull him up. That is faith in action. Faith is action. When you reach out your hand to somebody... In faith to pull them up. That's faith. And faith moved and that man jumped up. Faith moved. Everybody say moved. Faith moved. And it caused that man to get up off the ground and to begin to walk and leap and praise God. He began to jump and shout and hallelujah. You know, he didn't have to beg him to say hallelujah, Liz. He was jumping, screaming, shouting hallelujah. He was flying around the, went into the um, temple courts and everybody saw him you're the man you're the, you're the lame guy and, oh man it caused it caused a stir but god responds to faith everybody say faith. faith now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen now, I put the A's and the B's in there for a reason. The substance. Now, faith is the substance. It's the realization of things hoped for. It's realizing what you've hoped for. That's what faith is. And the evidence is the confidence of the things you don't see. I don't see it, but I'm confident because I've realized what my God wants to do right now through me into you, and I believe he's going to do it. So you, you start stepping out. You're confident in the things not seen because you know Jesus. You have a revelation of who he is. You've seen him do things, and you're trusting him that God's going to do them through, them, through you. Why? Because you've been serving him. You've been his servant. 
You're serving God. You're trusting God with every day of your life. So you begin to step out in, with this evidence of who Jesus is. But then 11, 6, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God, to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. How many of you have ever lost money before? Didn't you look for it real hard? You're like, what did I do with that $100? You know, it's not a buck. A buck, you kind of go, eh, I don't know. That'll show up. But $100, you're like, oh, honey, help me. I lost $100. I'm like that with my iPad. Uh-oh, I lost my iPad. Oh, no, where did it go? And I, I diligently start seeking because I do everything here, all my speaking off my iPad. It's all right here. Just It's nice and pretty and big. Man, I lose it. I'm like, oh, man, I can't find it. Oh, my hermeneutics book last week. Couldn't find my hermeneutics book. And I'm like, oh, no. So I looked at my bike. I looked in the car. I looked in the house. I said, Dwanda, where'd you put it? She's like, I never touched it. (laughs) The blame, yeah. (laughs) I looked through the house. And then I said, it's got to be at the church. But I didn't see it the day before. I didn't see it Sunday at the church because I was going to take it home with me. So I walked into my office. Maybe it was Monday. I don't know what day it was, Tuesday. And there it was, sitting on my credenza right where I put it, behind me, you know, behind where I sit. And I found it. But what I'm getting at is when you lose something, you diligently look for it. You diligently seek after it. And we need to get to the point that we know that Jesus is life and death for us, amen? That we diligently seek after him. That we diligently seek after him, not only for us to grow, so that we have a well that's inside of us that the Holy Spirit can pull out of us, that we can touch people with Jesus. It's like going to somebody with an empty bottle and say, hey, would you like a drink? When we don't have the word in us. But when we have the word in us, it's like, here, have something to drink. And that's what we need to be. That's what we need to be about, getting the word in us, amen? So as a believer filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to step out in the words of God to see things we cannot see. We need to step out. I may not see it, but I believe it. I believe it. His word declares it. I believe it. I haven't seen it. You know, when Thomas didn't believe, he says, I won't believe Jesus was resurrected from the dead so I can put my finger in the holes in his hand, that I can put my hand in the hole in his side. He says, I won't believe it. And so when Jesus walked through the door, through the closed door, and stepped in and said, hey, Thomas, come on. And he said, Thomas, you believe because you see. But blessed are those, he's talking to you, that have not seen but believe anyways. That's us. And you have more than those disciples had. The wonderful word of God. No one stops you from reading it. No, it's not against the law here. I remember we were in a country one time and Delonda met a lady that had one scripture from the Bible in her hand. That's all she had of the word of God. And she showed Delonda her one scripture. That's all she had. She just... But we have access to so much. We may not see it, but we believe it. And because we believe it, we'll see it. You'll see it. When your confidence is in the Lord and his word, those things hoped for are going to manifest. They're going to show up. They're going to show up in your life. 
I shared with the prayer meeting Friday night, gentleman had come with his, uh, Tim's uncle Tom came with his wife and she has leukemia and, and they got prayer that day. He had a cancer on his head. He showed me the other day. It's, it's pretty much healed up. And, um, his wife has been feeling so good. They're going back to get blood work done on the leukemia too, because she's, she's doing really good. God shows up. Amen. God shows up. You know, Delon and I have seen, I remember praying for a deaf girl when her ears opened up. I was like, Oh my gosh, that lady went crazy. Jumped up and down, screamed, hugged me, hugged my friend, never saw her again. <laughs> I've had people come to me in, in Africa, they come to me and they say, they just come to the altar, I think I'm demon possessed, lay hands on them, yep, and cast the demons out, you know. It's people wanting to be freed, wanting to be healed. And, and we have to be those people that will stretch ourselves to extend our hand the way Peter did to pull them up off the ground, to pull them out of the pit they're in because God wants to use you that way. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, Jesus, the works that I do, he, you, will do also. And greater works than these he will do because he goes to the Father, amen? Greater works are we gonna do because he's gone to the Father, amen? That's the plan. That's your purpose in life. To do greater works than Jesus did. You don't got to sit around and try and make it up. Think about it. Just pray. And God will show you the way. Amen. Stop being silent. Vocalize the word of God to people. Look at me. I don't have any money, but what I do have, I'm going to give you today, okay? Today's your lucky day. I'm going to give it to you. Let the love and compassion of God flow through you like never before. God wants to move through you, amen? God wants to move through you. He wants us to speak out for what we know in faith, believing for God to respond. You know, in Mark chapter 16, it says that the Lord worked with them, confirming the word they spoke. You know, if you go in there and say, ooh, yeah, you're going to die, well, the Lord will confirm it. If you go in there and say, Jesus died, Christ, for your healing in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up. He'll confirm it. See, the words that come out of your mouth matter. What you say behind closed doors, it matters. This is just another witnessing tool, an example for us. So that we can have that confidence. I remember gentleman George Brown moved to Texas. I love George. I met George. The first time I met George, cast demons out of him. Right there. I remember, man, he fell on the floor. and Demon manifest, we cast it out, and George got on fire for Jesus. But he always walked with a little hitch in his step. So one day the Lord showed me somebody that had um, something with their hip, and, and um, George said, you know, I got one leg shorter than the other. About an inch and a half. He sat down there where Robert is right there. And I, and I pulled up his feet and sure enough, one leg was shorter than the other. See, I, I, I've stepped out in faith. I've picked up his feet. And I'm like, the Lord's gonna heal you today. And you know what? I closed my eyes. Because, <laughs> man, I'm just like, God, you gotta do something. <laughs> you, know, I saw, you know, that's what goes through your head. God, you gotta do something right now. You gotta touch this man. Everybody's looking, God, touch him. And I look down and I see one leg, I see his leg come out, go back, and even. People are like, did you see that? I'm like, I saw that. I said, George, you see this? He's like, I see it, because I felt it. I put his feet down, he got up and he ran back and forth, ran back and forth, ran back and forth, because God healed him. We were at camp one time and, and with Pat Sparrow, Pastor Pat Sparrow, and Pat was, did the same thing with this guy. And man, I'm sitting there and I'm across the, the, the aisle and I'm watching. I watched that leg go out and I watched it come back. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know, we never get that stuff on camera. But I saw it. I believe it. I know God wants to do it. God wants to touch people. God wants to heal people. We've had people get healed of emphysema. They... Uh, live in a coal mining area of a country that is just, 
I mean, even when I would leave that area, I'd blow my nose, it'd be all black. It was just the coal dust was terrible. And the emphysema they would have. And this lady, I laid hands on her, and all I could do was laugh. I felt bad she was really sick, but all I could do was laugh. I mean, the Spirit of the Lord touched me. All I did was laugh. And, I, I just, and my, my Chinese son's there with me, and he's, he's holding me up because the power of God was so strong. And, and he's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Because I was laughing so hard. And I just laid hands on about 50 people, and I just laughed. And the next day, we get up, and this lady got in the car with this because they snuck me out at 5.30 in the morning. And she got in the car with this. They were giving her a ride, and she, she got healed. I'm like, well, that's great, you know. I didn't know, but she had emphysema for 10 years. And she could breathe clearly now. Her lungs had opened up. It's just amazing. <laughs> I mean, when you see these things and you, you experience this, you know that God wants to do it. But I know this. As you and me, we serve the Lord together, amen. God wants to do it through you. God wants you to rise up. God wants you to begin to speak out. We need, at this time in the world, people to begin to speak out. And as you speak out, I know that God is going to do something supernatural through you. I know that God is going to touch your life. Because then the wonder comes. Then the amazement comes. Amen. Now people are drawn into the kingdom of God. Use what you have from the kingdom of God to minister to people. Amen. Let it flow through you like a river. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Amen. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Remember singing that as a kid? You know, we need to sing that. Let's just sing that one next Sunday. We're going to sing it the whole time. Because we got to get it in us. Life is hard. And a lot of people are suffering around us. And you may even be suffering right now. Your health may have been being affected. I know Jesus. And I know what he has for you. It's not a wish. I, I would never say, I wish Jesus would heal you. No, my hope is he heals you. I have a confident expectation that he's the Lord God that heals us. I remember a lady one day, she sat over here, she came up here on the stage. We had an evangelist with us and she, her um, knees couldn't get together. Good six inches. Her feet were even further. It was like, you know. And the evangelist sat her down in a chair, picked up her feet. There it is. Picked up her feet. And whoop, those little heel bones there were touching. You know, that little bone you have there? We're touching on the lady. Brought it all together. Everybody's like, Wow. You know, because we knew the lady, we saw it happen. And she went down and she sat back down and her feet went, whoop, and went out again. You see, whenever you allow doubt and unbelief to creep in on you, it's gonna, it, it allows it to come back. So he found out, the evangelist found out that it went out again. He said, get up here. He said, you got to believe that this is God and he wants to touch you. Did it again. I haven't seen the lady in a long time, but I believe, you know, it was, uh, it stuck the second time. You got to believe. How many of you believe? You believe. God wants to do it not only in you, but through you. He wants to do it through you. He wants that power to move in you. And that's why he filled you. Oh, give me a little music, man. God wants to touch you right now. It's his intent to heal. Raise your hand if you need healing. so we know who to come and pray for in the
the name of Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Let it flow right now, God. Let it flow, Father God, through her. Touch her right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, Father, just touch her right now. In the name of Jesus, just let it flow, God. Father, we just curse the works of the devil, Father. We pray against right now that spirit of infirmity that would come against your people. And we pray right now, Father God, that Lord, a supernatural work come and touch today in the name of Jesus. Deliver your people today, God. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. In Jesus' name, heal. Yeah, let it flow, God. Let it flow. Hey, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, Lord. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, Lord. Let it rain down, rain down, rain down, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Let it flow. Let it flow, God. Yes, Father God, just a desire, a desire, Lord, to eat, to thrive, to live. Let it burn in him, Lord. Bring back the appetite, God. Just touch him today, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, from the top of his head to the soles of the feet, God, reverse what the enemy's done in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray a wholeness over David today in Jesus' name, that his body be made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Yeah, just touch my brother, Father God. Let it flow, God. Let it flow, Father. In the name of Jesus. Let it flow, God. Your healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I speak to that hip, Monica, in the name of Jesus. I command it to come into alignment. I pray right now that tissue and sinew would grow around the ball of your hip and that there have to be no surgery. I speak healing over you today in Jesus' name. Let it flow, God. Let it flow today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, hallelujah, Father. Touch my sister, God. Let it flow from your throne, Father. Your healing, God. Let it flow, God. Yeah, just touch. Touch today, God. Bring our bodies into alignment with your word, Father. Bring our bodies into alignment with your word. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Just touch him today, God. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet, God. Just heal, heal, heal in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And let the breath of life just flow in Jerry, God.
name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the victory today. Thank you, Lord, for touching our bodies today, God. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for rebuking the devourer today in the name of Jesus. Am I doing this alone? Come on. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to you, God. Let it flow today, God. Let it flow in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You should have got a paper when you came in today. If you grab that piece of paper right now. Before Jeanette comes, I want to talk to you about that. Next Sunday is our missions convention. You can see we're starting to hang some posters up. Missions-wise, we have our flags up. The nations. Simon Gounder will be with us next Sunday to share. We went over faith promise giving last Sunday about making a faith promise but this is where your money goes I gave you the list of all the people we support now transformations ACCE and Hope Chinese they're pretty much they're self-supporting they take care of themselves well we don't charge them rent we just let them bless us as they as they can we're we're parenting those churches we're they're overseers right now and so in our next journey this year we're gonna we're taking them to be general counsel churches to where they they handle all aspects of the ministry so we're doing working with them on that helping them develop membership their constitution and bylaws so I'm working them with that in the process um, the the board of deacons we have we're helping them establish deacons so um, the ones in the, let me see that paper. I didn't bring one up with me, thank you. Um, Fred, under the non-assembly of God missions, Fred Raymond Kasiki is a pastor in Uganda that we've worked with quite extensively. He's in Aurora, Uganda. Um, Alan Bugama um, has worked with me on every trip I've been there and has helped me and we support, he has like 20 orphans. And he's been attacked the way that we have been attacked about our orphanage on having to do so much work. As I said, we put up a GoFundMe page for I think $25,000 last, a couple of weeks ago because the government's requiring us so much work there to keep the orphans. And their answer is to put them back on the street. So. We're not going to let that happen. So we're doing the work. So that's above and beyond our missions. So if you can do something to help. But Alan has been going through the same thing. But we send him money every month to feed his orphans. So we've bought him um, property before. I, I bought him some land before. Um, I bought him cows before. But then the government come against him to do things. And he, he called me and said I had to sell the cows. I needed the money to, so I don't lose my kids. I mean, it's serious stuff. And that's where, you know, Hope Again is our Uganda orphan home. We have 10 orphans there. And um, I know you probably get a lot of, um, if you're my Facebook friend, you probably get a lot of um, people asking you for money to help. Don't send people money that you haven't shaken hands with. These are people I know with that we walk with in life. We built that orphanage and it's a, it's a beautiful place. I remember I took a lady with us from the church to the orphan home and she said, wow, this is better than the home I grew up in. You know, and why not? Why not? But the government, they, they made us, you know, buy a van. They made us put them in a, a good school. They made us uh, put in a, a cell, I mean, a, a well, water towers. They made us um, put in another wing for the girls. They made us put electricity instead of solar so we could have cameras there. 
Um, you know, just the, the block, one of the block walls fell down because of an earthquake recently. Just things like that have happened. And that's what, you know, we're, that our uh, GoFundMe is about because we have to pay for this stuff. And um, it, it, it hurts. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, whoa, Lord, come on. You know, and then Hope, Hope, New Hope Uganda. We have about 30 churches. If you file, um, follow Pastor Alfred, you'll see all the churches that we um, have under us in Uganda. It's a, I think it's 31 now because he launched another one this week. They do big crusades and they launch a church in areas. So we have about 31 churches that we oversee over there. So one of these days as we get all this work done, I need to pop over there and, and meet all these guys. You know, So I've met a number of them. I think when we were at about uh, 10 or 11 was the last time I was there, but now we're about 31. So that's the non-assemblies of God. And then all these are all the missionaries and mission projects we support of the, the assemblies of God. And, you know, we had Troy Taylor with us in uh, January. And like I said, we have Simon Gounder next Sunday with us. Simon's a wonderful man of God. He's the one that brought um, Solomon Kings to us Wednesday night. What a great meeting we had. So um, I just wanted to share with you that. So that you know coming in next Sunday as you're praying about how much to give, whether weekly or monthly, for our missions, what God would have you do, that you would know where all the money goes. Amen. So that you, you got a good handle. And listen, pray for them. Make this your prayer list. Pray for them. I know that in Uganda, they've really gone through it. They, our kids didn't get to go to school for two years. And so, you know, they need prayer. Amen. I love you. Jeanette's going to come. Have a great, great day.